Welcome to the Rel Talk Show, where we get up close with some of the greatest business minds in APAC as they answer 10 questions about marketing, business, leadership, and management. Discover how current trends combined with timeless marketing principles for undisputed business success and become a marketing leader to go beyond your farthest ambitions. So get ready for some real talk with leaders in 10 questions with your host, Vineet Rajan. Pallavi is a passionate and a pioneering senior business and marketing professional who has worked in leadership positions with iconic brands like BMW, MG Motor and Harley-Davidson. She has spent over 15 years in building bridges between art and science to create best-in-class digital-first and marketing roadmaps for the premium market segment. While her areas of impact have been building brands, martech, digital and customer experience, she believes in an integrated, KPI and business-led approach to marketing. In her career thus far, Pallavi has won many awards and recognitions including the Corporate Business Leader Award by World Association of Women Warriors, Top 50 Indian Women in Marketing by Brand Illustrated Magazine and Most Powerful Influencers by Ad Gali. Pallavi has now shifted focus to driving impact projects and initiatives for brands, startups and non-profits. She serves as an advisor to the Giri Foundation. Without further ado, I present to you Pallavi Singh. Welcome to the show, Pallavi. Super stoked to have you with us. A fellow biker who's been there, done that, worked on some of the most iconic brands, some which are my personal favorites like the Harley Davidson. It's so good to have you, Pallavi. Welcome to the Rail Talk Show. Thank you so much, Vineet. It's my honor to be part of the show and... I'm looking forward for an interesting conversation. It will be. Let's start with your love for marketing and automobiles, Palvi. And biking, of course. Yeah. I think my love for automotive did not begin because I wanted to, but it was luck by chance. When I finished my MBA and I got my first placement in Yamaha, that's when my journey, I didn't have any clue about what it is and how it works. But when you saw for the first time, you saw the R1 and the Max and the MTs, you just fell in love with those bikes. And I think because of MotoGP, and if you work for a brand where Yamaha, MotoGP is in the blood, you know, I still remember when we would come to office, we used to have this very interesting Japanese, his name was Ken-san. He would ask us always, did you guys see MotoGP and what did you learn from it? So I think when you work for brands who are so passionate uh, about what they sell and how they sell is when you fall in love with the machines. And that's when my love for automotive started. And then that journey has been on after Yamaha, it was Harley Davidson. And I think Harley Davidson is one brand. And I often, my colleagues used to say, you can take uh, Harley out of Pallavi, but you can't take Pallavi out of, you can't take Harley Davidson out of Pallavi. <laughs> so, okay. you know, and uh, it's, it's just been so close to my heart because not because... Uh, of some amazing products, some amazing rides. But it's been so special to me because of the great people I met in that, whether it was my colleagues who became great friends or customers who actually became like family. Because like yourself, when you ride together, you're part of one bloodline in some ways. Yeah, so I think that's how my love for automotive started. But my love for marketing, actually, and I truly say that, that marketing is just one part of what today 
branding or advertising or anything we do today. Back in the days, it was all about very simple things. But today, marketing is all about uh, making your customer's life extremely simple and convenient uh, and experiential. Very powerful. The way you define marketing, essentially, that's what we're supposed to do. And it comprises everything from even the product. How can you make the product so easy for somebody to use that they like it and they promote it? Absolutely, because honestly, if you remember, we all studied the four P's of marketing. That was the 80s and the 90s. And then came the 2000 when came the four C's, which was content and context and community. And then now it's the four I's, which is about insight, intel, imagination, inspiring, making an impact. So marketing has evolved as people have evolved in in that sphere of how we talk to our consumers. Simply put, I think marketing now is an ecosystem. There was a time when marketing was one vertical or one function, right? Now it's an ecosystem because of digital transformation and digitalization of things. Uh, we know our consumers a little more when to talk to them. We know what they like, what they don't like to some degree. And we're able to talk to them when they're actually indulging in our product and not just pushing advertising or pushing communication to them uh, when they're not even interested in their products. And that's very bad marketing. When a customer doesn't want to hear from you and you keep pushing communication to them is when you kill your brand and when you kill your product and the customer is never going to come back to you. So I think the way we marketed 10 years back or 15 years back and the way we marketed market our products or market our proposition, if I were to say to consumers, has changed over a period of time quite a lot. You've set the context beautifully for the upcoming questions, Palvi. I'm loving this totally. Walk us through your professional journey and also let's touch upon what you're doing now, which is Palvi on a break. Yeah, I also personally like it. I was thinking about it for a long time and I said, yeah, that sounds interesting. And that's quite a marketable thing to do. So, yeah, I think my professional journey, like I said, let me go back a bit. As a child, you know, uh, so I had two brothers and I used to be a national gymnast and an outdoor person for a, when I was very young. And my mom had actually put a, I think a lot of bikers would have it, but my mom had put a frame in my room, okay? And that frame actually was, it was not a Harley, it was a BMW. And a little girl sitting on it. It still is there in my room, in my parents' house. And I think somewhere that spark in me of being a little outdoor, doing things differently, started as really early on in my life. And I think my mom was a big trigger point to that because she was the one who did it. She always told me to do things which are just not, sometimes you say girls don't do this. But she was always somebody who always pushed me to do things uh, differently even when I was very young. So I think my love for sports translated into my love for machines because of my love for gymnastics and basketball and then came over something which is more outdoor, you know, two wheels is of course uh, you need to be strong enough to look at everything when you're on the road. Yeah, so started with Yamaha which I spoke about previously and then there it was a very small stint but I learned a lot about because Japanese if you see and I've had the fortune actually working with different types of cultures and different types of people and that's what really I think makes and I'm very happy and I have a lot of gratitude for that that I was fortunate to work with some amazing people, mentors, colleagues, great customers. So from Yamaha I really learned that 
what really how Japanese are so particular about making a great product. They always have a plan A, plan B, plan C. So they're full crew and their products never can, and we know that because of MotoGP for the longest of time, of course, we're a little older now, but uh, that was because of the, the Yamaha bikes. And he shifted to Ducati for some time and then he came back again. <laughs> we all know that story as well. But then when I moved to Harley is when I have to say, honestly, my, uh, my life expanded in some ways and my professional life, uh, my personal and professional life both expanded. Why I would say that? Because when Harley was setting up, it was, it was like a small setup, like a startup. We were six, seven people in the company. And that's where I met my first mentor, Anup Prakash. I don't know if, if you know him. Most people know him very well. He was an ex-Marine Corps an ex-Harvard, an ex-Bush administration. He was somebody who really believed in uh, doing things differently. And I personally learned a lot from him uh, about how to actually make a product sell very differently. Yeah. And really, while you have, while your work is very intense, but how can you really make it fun? And I think motorcycling does that any which ways. But, but he really made, teams come together very differently and that's how I learned team management from him because of course he was ex-marine he just knew what the marine does so nicely of bringing people together and that's where I started to learn different ways of managing myself as a leader and over a period of time of course I grew in the company I learned different facets of community experience customer experience which was of course, along with a lot of my other colleagues, we will hog together a different high for us, to be honest, and uh, doing rallies in Goa, riding in different parts of the country. I still remember my best experience and my narrated that how humble the company was back then. We used to have something called, um, this experience is close to my heart, we used to have something called Hogstock. And um, our CMO back then, Mark Hans Richer, uh, who's not with the company anymore, he works somewhere else now. You know. But he used to say that you can only understand your consumer and only sell your product if you can live like your customers. And we used to have this very interesting ride, which was in a program which was hot, hot stop, where all the marketing folks all over the world would come together. And we would be, of course, in the land of uh, Holly Davidson, which is Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And we would ride from one place to in the middle of the forest, somewhere where you also had animals, somewhere or the, in the night, you know, across your tents. You pitch your own tent, you made your own food, because along with other aspects of enjoying biking life which I don't need to talk about on the show but and then I remember you know when we reached uh, a place where we were all pitching our tent in very close to Milwaukee somewhere a little far off not really close but riding almost close to I would say like three, 350 400 kilometers but it's very easy outside because of no traffic good road you can reach much faster and the next day I got up and we had to, of course, ride out again. And I saw a gentleman picking up trash because everybody was helping to, you know, clean the area and all of that. And I went up to the gentleman. I said, hi, I'm Pallavi from India. This is my first time riding with everybody here. And he said, hi, I'm Bill Davidson. I was like, wow. And then you really, and that's the time I think I fell in love with the brand because you realize that how down to earth somebody like Bill Davidson is picking up trash, right? And I think I've never spoken about it anywhere, but just with very personal, close people, but because you're a 
you love motorcycling yourself so i'm telling you and lots of journeys and lots of things happened over a period of time working with such an amazing brand and then i was there uh, for vidali for 8 years and i said i'm also a professional so i need to learn something new i need to move on and uh, you know do something different so then mg came in and mg was very different again because it was a startup very similar to harley but of course harley davidson is a big name you nobody knew mg and um, i met another very fine gentleman my second mentor if i were to say rajiv chawa who is the current md and president for mg and his vision was very clear that he wants to make this brand an innovative brand yet keeping some principles very close to how he wanted to build the culture of the organization and there was nothing in the company we didn't have any brand book we didn't have any systems we didn't have any guidelines there was no baggage basically and that's when i think uh, learning in mg was of course about innovation and technology because of the products we launched which was the hector and then launching i think it was part of the mg zs as well which is an ev in fact it was very interesting because i kept the name for i along with of course rajiv kept the name of the car hector uh, because we wanted to keep british name and some aspects of britishness has to be there it's a british brand but of course owned by chinese now but but still the roots where you come from you know that's where the brand is that was a very interesting learning for me because learning about products which can cre- create great technology create seamless experience by in car experience but also doing the same thing through your website through your dealer network uh, so we were a small team who did almost everything now of course the company is doing really well and i'm so proud of it and i really learned about digital transformation and digital evangelism i had a very interesting colleague his name is udit he's now the marketing head for for mg and i personally always believed and i still do that you should always hire people in your team who are better than you because when you have people in your team who are better than you you become a stronger team and you become a better organization so i learned a lot from him he's he's absolutely and when it comes to digital i think i haven't come across somebody who just knows so much about creating different customer touch points different customer experiences so that was a great learning for me and then of course came bmw as young people as young adults in mba there are few brands who come to your mind always want to work for one is Harley Davidson there's BMW there's Apple and then of course now I think it's Tesla so there are few brands you know who you always want to associate with yeah so BMW for me was a small a short time but I think it was very amazing because I had the opportunity to work with very interesting people and I think Germans have very different way of working and they believe in how can their products then create a better user experience so i've had a opportunity actually to work with chinese germans japanese indians americans and all these brands that you've worked with none of them have indian roots so what i'm coming to is in your experience what challenges have the brands faced to be accepted by indian buyers Now, it's a very interesting question actually it's a huge challenge because you know every brand especially brands which are 100 years old plus there is a kind of a value system and then there is a culture in their system they work 
and it's a very important i think to have because that's how a strong organization is built but what happens in that sometimes because uh, there was a time you know especially from a context of india uh, when people were very fascinated uh, by international brands you know uh, and but now if you look at people are fascinated by how great your product is what value do you give me out of that product and if you're charging me extra premium what do you give me in return so indian consumer has really been has changed from what he or she used to be we have become a lot brand agnostic in some ways and that's happening across the board i see that uh because of our awareness to whether it is that we want to we have a we want to have a sustainable living we want to have uh we want to create better environment for our children to come and that has happened in last 5 to 6 years but if i were to say my experience with the brands i've worked with it is challenging because you have to really work with your global counterparts you have to convince them why india is a different market why will indians why you have to market to indians differently depending upon each brand and how much leap of faith they can take they do take it has changed quite a lot from what it used to be long back i would say because india is a different market they understand because of so much penetration of digital now every everybody can consume every information all over the world right so they know indian consumer is actually international now so their preferences and their Uh, they are much more evolved than what they used to be 20 or 15 years back so times have changed but it still is tough because you have your headquarters sitting somewhere else but it's become much better i would say uh, and it also depends on it also depends from you know organization to organization what are their goals what what kind of investment they want to make in the country and depending upon goals and investments every company gives you a bit of a leeway right and essentially that's how you overcome this challenge and understanding that the indian consumer being brand agnostic you are catering more towards the value for the product and not the brand did i yeah, hear you I, right yes you're right but you know i think when i'm saying brand agnostic i'm saying now it's last 5 years that the consumer has evolved a lot but if you see the consumer before Uh, they still wanted to own people still want to own a brand but they are not ready to shell so much money that to just own the brand they have now they ask a lot of questions and the customer because of digital penetration is much more evolved today you walk into a dealership or you're talking to a sales consultant or a product genius consumer knows much better sometimes than a sales consultant Uh, or a, a product genius or anybody else so you you don't have a choice but your only choice is to be so well informed and have people in your teams who are able to convince consumers why should you buy this product because the customer knows i mean you walk today i think you walk into a royal enfield dealership i'm sure you'll be able to tell them how to customize your motorcycle much better than the uh, the customizer at the dealership very true Dear listeners, we'd like to take a minute to put in a word from our partner and podcast host, Hub Hopper. Hub Hopper Studio is India's leading podcast creation platform. 
you can start podcasting with Hubhopper Studio and get your voice heard across platforms like Spotify, Ghana, Google Podcasts, Wink Music, and more. So click on the link in the episode description or visit www.hubhopperstudio.com. Also going to talk a bit about something you have written about marketing being an art and also a science. In your experience, how does one bridge these two? Marketers of today are growth officers. So any dollar you spend today, because of penetration of digital, everything you can quantify. When I say art and science, ultimately as a business, so let's divide it. There is business and then there is consumer, right? So when you're talking to the consumer, you still have to, because we're all human beings, you still have to touch the cord of the consumer very differently. There has to be a little emotion. But, however, the customer will only look at your product ultimately emotionally first and then will pivot immediately in a rational mindset. That's how Indians are, you know. And from a business point of view, when we say science, now because of different solutions and marketing technologies which have come in, I know that I can predict what kind of consumer is going to potentially, for example, buy my product which is a little high-end, they say uh, 50, you know, 40 lakh and above product, somebody who is 30 lakh or somebody who is lesser than 20 lakhs of uh, buying potential. So you can have a scoring mechanism to actually talk to these customers. So you don't waste your marketing money just by bombarding information, but you're combining data, you're combining emotion, behavior of the consumer, and then you come up with a plan where you're talking to the right consumer at the right time, uh, at the right place, so that you're able to sell the consumer with emotion, but having a rational mindset of why that consumer should own your product. That's why art and science together is very important for marketers of today, because no dollar spent today, you cannot say that I've spent this money only for awareness. Yeah doesn't work anymore. And you spoke about data and how that's going to lead to the eventual decisions you take and the context you attack with the right content at the right time. Coming to marketing technology, since we spoke about data, MarTech is so prevalent, it's become a buzzword. There are countless number of tools. I think the last number was pegged at some 10,000. So much investment is being made. 29% as per the last Gartner report, if I'm not wrong. From a CMO's perspective... How does he or she use MarTech for the needle he or she is trying to move? I think the point is there have been a number of tools even before. Yeah, and there are more tools which are coming. So tool is not important. Tool is just a, if I were to say tool is just one aspect of your customer journey. Because what does the tool do? Tool is able to capture all the information all across. For example, let's look at Adobe. Um, Stat has everything to do with campaign manager to target to campaign planning. All of that is there, right? But if you were to just deploy those tool, uh, tools into your system, uh, but never look at that data because the tool throws a lot of data at you, right? Now you need to look at as a CMO or even I think MarkTech is not meant just for a CMO. Actually, it's a business conversation because through marketing technology, you're able to see your customer journey in different spheres. A marketing technology can only work if all your system 
And the most important system is actually the CRM system because that's where your valuable data of your consumer lies, which is goldmine for any organization. So if the tool is able to pick up intelligent information from the CRM system, from basically from the owned websites, which are which is the, the company websites, is able to marry and see and make like an archetype of the customer. And then you're able to target your consumer better, which was not there before. There was still a gut feel. Uh, I met 10 consumers and you do some research and the old school of really, this is my demographic, this is their life, this is their status, all of that. People fill in this information vaguely. Nobody gives you the right information. Even today on social media platforms, not that everybody is giving you the right information. Yeah. So if you're able to do that, you know, third party, first party data, combine it and have a very important person in your team who's a data scientist. Because this is not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah, there are people who love numbers and data. They are actually able to synthesize that information and say that these, because of this information which is coming from CRM or your platforms, these are the KPIs the company has to look at. And that's how marketing technology then actually helps the entire organization and not one department. Yeah, I, I think you broke it down very beautifully in terms of the customer journey and of course the customer data that we have on the CRM, which is the heart of any marketing. Moving on, what advice would you give to women joining the workforce or trying to get where you are right now? You know, honestly, I would just say that I have a long way to go. Everybody has their own journey. Everybody has to go through their own ups and downs. But just, I would just say, be brave, be courageous, take that leap of faith. This industry needs a lot of women, I think, because ultimately women are the biggest influencer in any purchase of automotive product today, especially, and I, I can also say for bikes, because you cannot get a bike in your home if you don't take permission from your girlfriend or your wife. So I think it's very important to have diverse opinion and it is a responsibility as community. I think um, whether it is women or even transgender, I think there are so many, so many people who are so talented, but they just don't have, uh, sometimes don't have the courage to take that one step. Even if I fail, I must try. I think failure is the only way one can learn better, do new things. So take that leap of faith, be courageous, be brave. Join this different kind of industry. Um, even if you don't like it, you learn something. You always learn something new from people and different industries. And automotive actually is a great industry to be part of because if you look at next 10 years, uh, being electric at the forefront of everything, and if you look at two sectors, one is pharma and second is automotive, right? They are two sectors which give biggest employment to people. Yeah, so it is only going to grow, especially when electric is going to take that hopefully in next few years to come. I'm sure two wheelers and three wheelers, of course, are going to go exponentially faster and grow exponentially faster than uh, passenger vehicles because of various reasons. But uh, so there's a huge opportunity for employment and yeah, just do it. Pallavi, what kind of mind shift is required for a CMO? to transition to become a successful CEO? Love numbers. Very simple. When I, five years back, CMOs never had 
uh, a seat at the table in the boardroom. Today they do because the biggest weapon they have in their hand is their customer insights, their customer research. They are the driving force. They are actually the engine to actually tell you or predict how many sales will you have in the next few months to come. Because of all the technologies which have merged and because of digital revolution and evangelism, it is now for CMOs to actually look beyond branding and advertising to actually looking at consumer and consumer type, looking at how can they make scoring business sales models, which can predict volume for next, I won't say next 10 years to come because that's very different, but say next six months because of this data, because of these consumers coming in, this is my insight. I think we can look at volume at this and then combining it with sales because sales has different kind of on-ground insights. When you combine these two, then you have a better way of looking at your business. And uh, honestly, I feel this title of CMO should now become uh, Chief Growth Officer. And if you look at a lot of European countries, the CMO title have actually become Growth Officers or their Revenue Officers because they're actually bringing sales. So the pivot is just how you are able to have that or show it, show your conversation with data. Can you name some interesting marketing campaigns or brand propositions you've come across? But let's not talk about the automotives. Sure. <laughs> uh, I think for me, there are two brands which stand out quite a lot. One is Red Bull, sells an energy drink, right? If you see how they position themselves, they're a, they're a content engine. Yeah, and they just do it so differently. I think the best campaigns or best adventure, and we often talk about brand moats, right? There are very few brands who have a moat. Yeah, one is Red Bull, of course, has a moat because uh, they've actually looked at themselves as if there is adventure drinking or adventure drink, it is Red Bull. You can't think of anything else, but it is Red because of the content they create, which is around adventure. But the kind of content creators and curators they bring through through their content engine is just incredible. I think as a as a somebody who loves content and creation, I really feel Red Bull is just a fantastic brand as a to look up to, to learn something. Second for me is actually Apple. And why I say Apple? Because Apple has created this ecosystem. Yeah, and once you are in that ecosystem, it's very difficult for you to come up. See, because of the, the, the way everything works, the IO system works, whether it's your Apple TV, whether it's your Mac, whether it's your, if you're a designer, then of course, the way they give you options. And then if they're your iWatch and your iPhone, you have everything just in one ecosystem. And once you're in the Apple ecosystem, you just cannot go out. And it's an expensive proposition. But, but, once you're in the Apple system, you just cannot use any other thing because it's so simple. It is so simple. It's so user-friendly. And that's what truly, I think, makes Apple what Apple is. So these two brands. Incidentally, we had Rohan from Red Bull on one of the episodes. We had a great chat about Red Bull and totally echo the sentiments, I think. This content engine that they have created is so phenomenal. And the mindshare they occupy when it comes to anything which is out of the ordinary, just phenomenal. So, Pallavi, concluding now, we have spoken so much about 
varied things right from your love for biking if you were to give one advice just one to the listeners what would that be it's very difficult to give one advice but my one advice would be don't succumb to failure we live in this world where everybody would try to bring you down for some or the other reason yeah but truly just don't let your identity go up because of anything around your circumstances so don't succumb to failures be true to yourself and i think you can climb any mountain you want great thanks a lot pallavi this was super amazing always love talking to bikers i think there's this common thread that we can pick up and get into any conversation just love that thank you so much pallavi for coming on the rail talk show thank you so much like this episode of the rail talk show don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast if you think this podcast would help someone else do share your support will take us a long way in reaching more listeners you can also stay in touch by subscribing to email alerts on www.reltalk.show